The Daniel White Show is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. The Daniel White Show. And I am here with... <laughs> is that how you start off all of them? Like, just Daniel White. <laughs> well, I, I, what I, there's like a theme music before, mm-hmm. and then it kind of, it, it, it makes sense. Okay. You know, I hate you, DJ Carolina. I, I, I didn't know. I hate I didn't, you, Troy. I didn't know if you were just like, Daniel White. Okay, guys. Here, <laughs> like, you know what? That's kind of stale. I'm going to start over. Welcome to another episode of the Daniel White Show. I just got grilled by DJ Carolina. <laughs> Yo, when I gotta grill you, man. Like you, you that messed was up. Bad. You that was so bad. Yo, man. <laughs> but I got, I gotta grill you, man. Like, yo, that was stale. You know, I want to keep that original intro for the intro, intro, the blooper, and so people can see how terrible that did sound. But uh, I'm this very... is Dateline. Dateline. This Dateline. Is Dateline NBC. With <laughs> I hate you know what and this is a redo because I'm an idiot I'm okay I need to be called out twice for this actually because I deleted uh DJ Carolina's first interview this is the world's most anticipated episode of any podcast like this is years the years in the making at this point I was so excited to get this up and I went to my folder because I went and deleted my recent folder all the all the items in the folder. Tisk tisk tisk. Big tisk. And I went back to look for your interview to edit it. I was like, where is his interview? And I was just like, I deleted that recent folder. Oh my gosh, I bet it was in there because it connected everything that yeah. recently was downloaded to my computer. Yeah. And I had to call you back, my friend Natalie, which I redid hers last week, and my friend Daniela, and we they were all such good conversations. Yeah. So we're gonna do the best to make it as bad as. Can you please solidify that this is recorded in stone? <sighs> this is uh, oh my <laughs> on gosh. your magic rock. Yes, I'm gonna literally <laughs> upload it tonight. I'm gonna upload it to SoundCloud tonight, so it can be ready for Friday. Um, and we're we're changing locations. We're in Jacob Beeson Studios. Um, my best friends in the world. He helped me start Free Pizza, and he helped me start this podcast too because he taught me everything. So this is kind of cool, anyways. That Shout we're in out Jacob. Location. Shout out to Jacob. He's in. Uh, it's funny because we're in uh, <laughs> one of Carolina's <laughs> old recording recording, <laughs> recording studio. Daniel Daniel White's new recording studio. Yes, aka Carolina's old recording studio. We're um, uh, in a location in Greensboro that used to be a party house, which is pretty hilarious. And Jacob keeps getting told stories about that all the time. So um, many stories here. So many stories, but yes, Carolina is back, and we're going to do this over again. What's good, people? It's your boy, DJ Carolina with the K. We up here at the Free Pizza Podcast with Daniel this White. This is Daniel White show. Oh, See, dang, look at you messing dang. up now. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's why this is your show, and you cut that out. Oh, you know what? I'm going to keep it in, because you're talking shit about my intro. Uh, of so, course. you know what? Here we go. But now, of course, DJ Carolina, if you can't guess, he's a DJ, but also a lot of other things. You have a bajillion other jobs. I think every time I see you, you're doing something different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we going to focus on the music and the yeah. DJing and all those endeavors. So of course. Then we take us back to the to the days where it started, brother. Like, where does the uh, adventure with the music start? It all started in a log cabin in the woods of Wyoming in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. 
Uh, nah, man. Yo, it's 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 mad wild. Uh, I was raised in High Point, but I was born in Greensboro because mm. my mother refused to go to High Point Regional and have my dad drive her all the way okay. from High Point to Greensboro. Wow, because she refused. Because High Point Regional back in the day, you were, it was like a Roach Motel. You go in. That's true. And you would never come back out. Yes. <laughs> so, different so, hospitals. Completely yes, different hospitals. Yes, completely. Shout out UNC system. Like, they yeah. really uh, paved over that. But, yeah, my mom went into labor and told my dad to drive her all the way to Greensboro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I could be born in Greensboro. So I'm actually born in Greensboro, raised in, in, High, Bur- Point. in High Point, yeah, North yeah. Carolina. So, very small distance, very huge distinction. Yes, yes. If for is. those of you listening across the world, there's a there is there is Greensboro folk and there are High Point folk. And two, I grew up in High Point, and two. I mean, yes, they're like twenty miles apart, but they are two completely different. It's just places. a whole culture difference, so, especially now. Wait for you, and then like, what's up going on? High oh yeah, Wait for you now is completely different culture. Completely back in, different. Back in the day, there was such a beef between like High Point and Greensboro, I know like, there was. and it's like. I never understood it. Yeah, me either. But like people really, Greensboro people really don't like people from High Point, and that still kind of persists to this day a it little does. bit. Like I'll tell people I'm from High Point, they'll like legitimately back away from me a little Ooh. bit. Like, like, like so uh, yeah, it all started in good old High Point, North Carolina. Yes, they do sits. Yo, do you know what the Lucas brothers were from High Point? Um, no. Yeah, really? the Lucas brothers. They, I think they were born in New Jersey and grew up in High Point. That's so random. That is a random, random fact about High Point, North Carolina. Lucas Brothers that's like, from 22 Jump Street are from High Point, North Carolina. Wow. And I think John Coltrane has roots here. Got John Coltrane yeah. and uh, Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas, yeah, from uh, American Gangster. Yeah. yeah. How how this random is that? Like, hey. you, would, you wouldn't think that little podunk High Point would have anything to really do. But High Point is somehow influenced the entire world. Yes. <laughs> It's crazy because I was in Mexico, my girl. Shout out, Reese. Of course you were. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And we were just kind of like bumping around Mexico, like doing the Mexico thing. And I think we're about to get on. I think we just got the jet skis and we're about to go (laughs) run a speedboat. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking to our guide and he's just like, yo, so where are you guys from? Oh, like we're from High Point. I'm like, oh, High Point. I know that. I'm like, how? (laughs) How? (laughs) We're in Mexico. We're in Cancun, Mexico. Hand the guide. And he's like, oh, yeah, High Point. Yeah. I've been there. It's <laughs> like, oh, why? Furniture market? Like, what are you doing yeah, like, here? And uh, apparently you used to live in Winston. Of course. Okay. So, so makes... yeah. I'm telling you, Winston, Charlotte, and Triangle area, people always have, they know what those areas are. Which is super, like, it's just like, you would think of all the places in the East Coast, people would know. Florida. Mm, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. New York. High Point. High Point. It's like, <laughs> what? Okay. You so know. yeah, it all started at High Point. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. That's dope. So where the where the music start for you? Where the where that influence start? Uh, well, growing up, my parents were just like audiophiles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their entire um, relationship was founded around their individual love for music, and mm-hmm. it just kind of grew from there. And so um, my parents, growing up, just had just records on top of records and cassette tapes like all over the place, and like. My mom had like such an extensive CD collection. Like they would just be like CDs all over the place. Like they were they were buying. They had to keep buying shelves to put CDs in. Oh, you know, back dope. back in the nineties, yeah. you know, you had to get those special sales where you could slide oh, the CDs yeah, in. Those, yes. Um, my mom had like this wooden ottoman filled with records mm-hmm. with the CD 
player on top of it with CDs racks on top of it. And my dad had like pretty much one of those speakers right there in his room. Oh, really? And he would listen to records out of like a guitar a amp speaker. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's loud and it's shake the whole house. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he'd do that like every night after work. He'd play records. And oh my, um, my dad had a pair of wireless headphones in the 90s. What? What? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's oh how God. in the music my dad was. Like, so it was like. like it was like a set of like regular size headphones, but then there's like a, you could set them down on like was like a tower, mm-hmm. like a radio transmitter, and then you would play plug that into his uh, record player. Yes, yes. In the nineties, so, so he, he had like Bluetooth headphones That's in the nineties. Yeah, I don't know where he got the money for that. Like it, it had to have been like ninety five. That'd be so expensive back then, like hundreds of dollars. Three, four, three, four, five hundred dollars. Easy headphones, just to, like to walk around, just so he could walk around his room and listen to music. Yo, shout out to dad, man. That's freaking cool. I, so I was like, you know, like being a little kid, I didn't even really understand what wires were to begin with, and to see Definitely wireless not. headphones, like I was like, I don't even understand the significance of this. Yeah. But um, and and so like it was just like all music all day, all the time. Right. What genres were you mostly hearing? Oh, uh, it was really, my parents really had a wide range. Um, my mom was mostly, from what I can remember, in the funk, funkadelic, permanent funkadelic, mm, yes. Prince, and uh, Jill Scott, and things like that. And my dad was super, super duper into Jimi Hendrix. And oh, like, yes. um, really into blues. He used to listen, listen to a lot of blues albums growing up. Um, That's dope. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and so it was just like, I was just indoctrinated into it. One of my earliest memories. Um, is listening to uh, You Don't Shut Up by Run DMC on cassette tape Ooh, with my dad. Yes, you heard that um, beat. It, yeah, I guess it was the beat. I don't know what it yeah, was. What it was. And I, I mean, um, I'm like one or two years old. Wow. List- really? Yeah. So, infant. Yeah, infant. That was like one of my first conscious memories, I remember. You remember that? Yeah, because uh, wow. I was talking, because I remember the day we moved into that house, because we used to live with my grandparents. Yeah. And I remember the day we moved into my childhood house because I was like, we showed up to this place and then we never left. And I was like, this is super weird. Like, what is, like, <laughs> what, like, like, yeah, like what is going on? <laughs> I was talking to my mom about that. I want to say like last year. And she was like, yeah, that was your birthday, your first birthday. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, because like, it, it was such a vivid memory. I thought I had to be at least three or four years old. But apparently I was one year old. One years old. And uh, I still remember the gifts that they got me. Uh, really? Yeah. It was like, we didn't really like have a party. It was just my mom, my dad, and my brother. And they got me a plastic guitar. And it had strings on it that you could play. Yeah, so it makes sound. And um, a mic stand. And a microphone. Wow. What? <laughs> that was like my Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. Just straight, straight like that. And so that was kind of like where it all started for me. Oh, my gosh. So obviously that festered and grew into you know you becoming listening to more music you're probably drawn to listen to whatever your dad was listening to not really i hate it i hated all the stuff my dad was listening oh, to you, like, you didn't, I, you didn't I, like I didn't the blues even, i didn't really vibe with it Jimmy at all Hendrix like i didn't okay. i didn't it didn't resonate with me very okay. much music at all really didn't resonate to me that much for years really and it was just kind of like it was just a part of everyday life um and then i remember uh probably about four or five years old i was just like listening to a radio station a local hip-hop station and uh there was a dj on and they were like live mixing on air and um 
remember asking my mom, I was like, yo, mom, like, what if I became a DJ when I was older? And these were her exact words. She was like, as long as you can pay your bills. And I was like, all right, bet. Bet. That's it. That's what you should hear from your parents. And so that was probably like four or five years old. I don't think I, I had really thought about music seriously again until I was about like 10 or 11. Really? So there was a gap there? Yeah, it was a super so gap. Between you saying that to your mom and it was like, okay, cool, whatever. Then 10 years old, you're like, okay, well, maybe I should yeah. do this. It okay. was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was probably about a good five, six year gap where it was just kind of like, I'm not exactly sure what I was thinking about or what I was really kind of focusing on, but like music was just like the last thing on my mind for like really? a long time. Okay. Okay. That's incredible. So <laughs> in that gap, where, so I'm just, for, I'm just curious, what were you focusing on in that gap? Were you doing sports video or video games? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah like sports a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Here and there. Did karate. Um, oh man. Karate Carolina. <laughs> 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 basically yes t-ball play basketball a little bit you know yeah, stuff. Yeah. just regular kid stuff yes yes um, yes and like i just wasn't really like music wasn't even like a, a conception like at that i mean i was really into tv and movies that's really where the i got really into like television cartoons and like just really um just movies in general media all types all types of media yeah. Super, like video games and just television like i could tell what time it was by what was on, on television. tv yes. <laughs> you know I, mean? yes. I got really into cartoons like really really deep in the cartoon cartoon network i think just Ooh, started up though prime time oh uh, yeah it was good days so you know like you know for me because but before cartoon network for all them youngins out there like you couldn't just watch cartoons all day you no. know what i'm saying like you you have to watch like in the heat of the night after six o'clock or something. <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> Perry Mason. <laughs> like Perry Mason in the heat of night. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That had started up. That was yes. right around when the Fresh Prince started up. And so um, another pivotal moment. Shout out DJ Jazzy Jeff. Ooh, that really kind of. Oh, um, yes. Summertime, baby. Summertime. Because, uh, like, I was, I was always a night person. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't, of course, as, like, a child, I couldn't tell time. I had no concept of time. So I would stay. I remember watching my dad go to sleep. And I would stay up until he had to wake up to go to work again. You would stay up that late, to yeah. like seven, eight o'clock in the morning, yeah, just, just watching, just watching television, and, and then taking it all in. And um, that was back with Beavis and Butthead. With mm, like, it'd be yes. like two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like watching Beavis and Butthead, The Tick, um, oh whatever show with the shrink was. I can't remember what that. Is. Like just all the Duckman. I was watching Duckman like as like a six year old child. Not really understand, like, and just like just taking it all in, and then like, um, my dad would wake up and go to work, and like I'd still be watching TV. And he'd be like, "Okay, yeah." And my dad, like, like, he was just like, "Whatever." That's what you want to do. And then like, of course, like by the time he was getting up to go to work, that's when MTV would like start playing the music, music morning video. And then yeah. I do remember watching Summertime like on like MTV. Oh, the music and, like, video. Seven o'clock in the morning after staying up up all night, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like you know, I remember like, yo, this is tight, amazing. And um, I remember watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that's kind of like what would be on like in the afternoons. I get out of school, and uh, there was this one episode where uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff is at. I think it's the first episode he actually appears in mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince. Yeah. And Will's there, and they're on the living room, like listening to like some classical music, and um. I think Will's like, yo, Jazz, yo, turn it up. And Jazz is like, all right. And then he goes over to the record player and yeah. starts scratching. <laughs> yep. 
And I was like, yo, that is so cool. Yeah. That was like yeah. the coolest thing ever. I think that was the first time he got thrown out the house too. That, that is when, <laughs> that, yeah. And so I just remember that and being like, yo, that's so fly. Like, I want to do that. Like, whatever he's doing, I want to do that. And I think I had to be like six or seven years old when that, when I first seen that. Yo, that is crazy. So that's, so, so you said seven years old? Yeah, about seven years old. Okay. Oh, wow. So it, the music influence kind of came back a little bit before you really dive into it when you were like, you said 10, 11 years old. Yeah. So it was like kind of creeping back in through TV and media and movies. TV, media, you know, and that yeah. was when music videos were kind of like really, Ooh, that was when popping. they used to like advertise movies through music videos. Yes. Do you remember, you remember yes, that? I do. I remember uh, the Men in Black. And then black music video, Wild Wild West, Wild Wild West mm-hmm. music video. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Dr. Dre had some stuff going on, tie-ins with movies and yes. stuff. Ice Cube was definitely doing. Oh, like, absolutely, Ice Cube. Come the on. movie, the trailer the music Friday video type thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, it was just like, you know, the music was always there, and it was just becoming to a point where, as I got older, music became increasingly more accessible. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because you lived at an age where, with me, with LimeWire and the Napsters. The, that's, I think that's pretty that much stuff. where the music crept back in. Yes. Right at the turn yeah. of the, the century. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like so old. At the turn know, of the century. Dude. I, I'm turning 30 this year, bro. I'm just like, what in the world's going on, man? Because like, you mentioned that. and like, Because back then, we didn't have money to buy CDs. CDs back then were $20. Every Tuesday, a new thing would drop, 20 bucks. We had $20. So when that when the Napster and all that came out, it was like, oh shit! Like it was like, yo, wait, what? Like I could just download music, like any like any conceivable song ever. I was like, yo, this is insane. And um, so it was just like I think that's where the interest in music really started to pick up again Mm. when it was like. At my fing- literally at my fingertips, like yes. the internet really changed the music game for me personally, and I mean the world as well. But like, yeah, once the internet popped up, and like Napster, I think Limewire is like the first joint. I never used the Napster like that, but yeah. Limewire was the one that I kind of rock with the most. Everyone was like, on that fucking other computers gone. So many computers, yeah, so <laughs> many rebooting it, reinstalling Windows. I mean, just ruining doing computers. anything I possibly could to, to unfuck the computer that I have fucked oh again. God, yes. So yeah, That's that wild. that just changed my whole perspective on like what music could be. Right, right. At, to you know, someone who didn't make music at that point. Right, right. And you mentioned that you heard the live DJ forever going younger, and then obviously Jazzy's F and all that. Were you starting to kind of mix songs in your head as you heard them? Like, how were you? How'd you get into that game? So, right about like like when um, I figured out I can just like download music. That's kind of like when I started scouring the internet for music. Ooh, just all types, all genres. Just anything. looking because like at that time, like I think like Fifty Cent was really big, Eminem was really Ooh, big, yes. um, and yeah. I wasn't really rocking with it. Like it was just like that. Set, I was, I think I had gotten so accustomed to like old school New York sound that when like Eminem mm-hmm. and 50 and that new sound kind of came out mm-hmm. I was just kind of like eh I mean cause I grew up listening like Run DMC and like um Fresh Prince DJ Jazzy Jeff and like you know Eric B and Rakim and stuff like that oh, so course, like course, course, when that new that new school New York sound came out I was just like oh, I'm not really rocking with this I don't really get down with this different sound um so I gravitated a lot more towards like the underground sounds okay um, yeah. And so, like, having, being able to use the internet to find music, like, I was constantly looking for music. Like, just, like, yeah. click, 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 like, just, uh, and so, um, 
I I I figured that I liked music blended together. Yes. More so than individual songs, pretty much about that point. Really? So you uh, like more remixes, more well, just long, remixes. long, 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 like one hour mixes. Yes, the straight mi- when things blend together and it's one long thing. And yes, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. I like, I like now I find appreciation for that recently. Yeah, I think I was probably about uh, ten or eleven, and I had stumbled across like a website called Mr. Blitwell. Okay. 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 Right. R.I.P. Mr. Blintwell, because that was like probably one of the most influential music sites I've ever come across. Like, so essentially, it was the Wikipedia of electronic music. Oh my god, that's awesome! In the early two thousands. Yeah. You know what I'm Ooh, like? Yeah. So like you would, so it's called Mr. Blintwell. You go on there, and they'd have all the genres alphabetized, mm-hmm. and so you can click on any one of the letters. And it will show you all the different genres that start with that letter. Right. And then you click within any one of those genres, and then it'll show you all the mixes that were available on the internet. What? That is in the same catalog. And so, like, I mean, like, like down tempo, breakbeat, chill wave, trip hop. Like, literally, you could just click on it, and then it will show you all the mixes that were available, like, on all different sites. Right, right. And so, like, that's where I would find these one-hour mixes, and, like, I would just go to different genres of, like, EDM and just click. I mean, it had hip-hop stuff, too. Right. But it pretty much had, like, a lot of more EDM uh, genres than any other. And so I would just go in there all day and, like, find new mixes. And then that's when I first got, that's when I first discovered podcasts. Oh, yeah, really? Back in the day? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I sound like such a hipster, but I was listening to podcasts like in high school, like because like they they just come like iTunes, like the iPod just came out, and three players were just now coming 2000s out. People, yeah, and um, podcasts have been a part of like iTunes since the inception of iTunes. iTunes, and so I'm uh, like, and people would pe- like people were doing podcasts in the early two thousands, mm. um, and like I just ended up stumbling on them, just like looking for music, and so um, I came across Diplo. Oh my god! <laughs> and like, yeah, hell yeah! And like, two thousand two. Really? He's he's been in the game for that long? Yes, he has. Yeah. And even when even by the time when I started listening to him, he'd already been in the game. Like it was crazy when I first started listening to Diplo. He was a teacher. Really? Yeah, he was a oh teacher up in in Baltimore. That's crazy. I did not. I did not know. Yeah, that. he was a substitute. He was a substitute teacher, and he would throw block parties like on the <laughs> on the weekends. And um, that's when I first discovered Diplo, and he was doing his podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Called um, Mad Decent Worldwide. Wow, that's dope. And so what he would what he was doing was he would go to different places around the world, and then he would take whatever the local uh, sound was, whatever the local style of music was, and then he'd make these mixes out of the the local music. Yeah. And so the first one I heard was Baltimore Club that he did, and I just instantly fell in love, and I was like, "Yo, like he's solid." Yeah. And so yeah, he is. And so like I fought, and then he did Baltimore Club, and that's when I first heard him do Women's Bounce music. And Ooh, then he okay. also did a French house oh, podcast, Reno you know, to France, yes. and then he did Ballet Funk, where he went to Brazil, and there was a style of music going on down there where it was a fusion of traditional brazilian instruments and and old school hip-hop samples and breaks yeah yeah and then i was just like all right well i want to be a dj yeah (laughs) yeah so you're hearing that you were like okay that solidified it i want to be a dj yeah essentially yes Yes, that's actually a little bit before that actually um 
I don't even remember how old I was, but that's where I first got into like wanting to mix music together. Yeah. To answer your question. Right, right. It was a little bit before that. Um, I was in my room and I was watching Toonami because like that was like my my jam oh, back in the day. You know yes. what I mean? Toonami was that heat. Shout out Toonami because that that was also another thing that really kind of captured my interest in music was that the music Toonami was doing. Yes. The drum and bass stuff they were doing, the techno EDM sort of like future sound thing that they had going on really yeah. kind of like captured my attention and i was watching um tsunami and they had a uh they had like an ad break with dj Qbert. okay yes and i remember like i wasn't even looking at the television and i heard like the needle drop and the record scratch it was like Ooh. and like instantly like i turned around to the watch like the look see was on tv and they had like this little documentary on DJ Qbert on Tanami, and he was just talking about being a DJ and like he they he dropped some beat. I still haven't found that beat to this day. He dropped the beat and just starts ripping it apart. It's going crazy. And I was like, yo, I gotta find that beat. And so that's how I would scour the internet looking for music. I was really looking for like that one song I couldn't find. It, it was like this one particular break beat he was using. And I couldn't find it, and that's how I ended up stumbling onto all these different websites and different stuff like that. But, like, I just remember watching that, and I saw that little clip. It was probably, like, two minutes long, and I was like, yo, I want to be a DJ. Yeah, so that was, okay, earlier on in Diplo, then you heard this, you're like, okay, this is Yeah, the... this is, I was like, yo, this, this is what I want to do. Wow. I think I was, like, 11. Yeah, you said like, we get to 11 that you kind of got back, like, okay, this is it right here. Yeah, essentially. kind of felt like a immediate attraction to that. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. So, okay, what'd you, how'd you go about... Pursuing that, because didn't you eventually get some recording equipment or getting some DJ equipment from your parents or something? Well, like I said, like uh, the first way I started pursuing it was I just dove deeper into music. And like okay. I would just like listen to all different styles of music, all different genres of music, different stuff like that. I remember telling my parents, like, yeah, I want to be a DJ. And I think as an 11 year old kid, they're just like, okay, whatever. And so I think another year goes by and I'm just like, yeah, I want to be a DJ. And they're just like, okay, whatever. So then, like, another year goes by, and another year goes by, and another year's go by, and I'm like, yo, I want to be a DJ. Like, I'm like 14 at this point, and they're just like, okay, well, I guess this is something he actually you wants to keep do. Keep saying that young age at 10 o'clock years, like, yeah, hey, this is... yeah. So from like 10 to about 14, I, I was pretty much set on like that's what I wanted to do. I'm just in the mad music, kept telling your parents, and they were like, okay. Yeah, so eventually, my dad, I guess he realized that, like, I wasn't fucking around. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I guess this is uh, what he wants to do. And so, um, he comes home one day, and he, like, shows me these pictures of these, like, vinyl turntables at a pawn shop. And he's like, Are, do you, like, is this what you want? Do you want these? And I was like, yeah. yeah. I guess, <laughs> probably, like, a week goes by or so. Um, I completely forgot about it. I'm chilling at the crib, like, probably just, like like, playing PlayStation or something. And um, my dad comes and like picks me up. He's like, "Yo, we gotta go pick something up." And so I hop into his van with him, and then we go to the pawn shop. And he shows me the turntable. And he's like, is, "Is this it? Is this what you want?" And I was like, "Yeah." Pays for him. We load him up into his van, Shut and up. then we take it. We take it back to my crib. So I had a bunk bed at the time, and on the bottom part of the bunk bed was like a futon. Yeah, it's pretty much where I slept. The top part was just open. Like I didn't have anything up there. It was just there. Um, and so my dad cut a piece of plywood and then stuck it on top. And I think I put like some cover on top of that. And then we like took off the front bar of the bed and loaded the turntables up to the top bunk and then reattached it. And then he put like a little guitar amp, like 
like a little mini like one. Like a little guitar. Yeah. yeah, like a little guitar amp. And like, and plugged it up. And he was just like, well, here you go. I almost didn't pay the light bill this month. And then he like leaves the room. And that's how my DJ career Shout started. Out to your parents, bro. That is dope. Yeah. So this this moment you're just like, oh my god, okay, this is crazy. All right, this is it. This is what I've this is what I've been wanting. Yeah. So did you get some records? Like how? Um. So I I I took the records that I had around me at the time, yeah. which were just my parents' old records that they had kept, like um, above the house. And so I just kind of started messing around. And I was like, yeah, this is way harder than I thought it was gonna be. Like I I yes. kind of figured like once I had the turntables, it would be kind of like having training wheels where it would just kind of work. And it was like that's not how it worked at all and so um it probably took me a good year before i could even really wow. use them into any kind of a fashionable function that sounded anything like dj because i didn't have there were no djs around me like you know how point oh to i learned from that's right yeah, so yeah. i had no i had no mentor i didn't have any djs or no record shops like i could go to and like ask questions so it was just like luckily for me YouTube had just, ooh, yes, like how to mm-hmm. become a thing, and so I would just like go on YouTube and like see what the people are doing on YouTube, and then like I'll watch a video, and then I would like run back to my room and then try and like remember what I saw and just emulate that, and so that's pretty much like how I learned. I just kind of had to teach myself. Oh my god, bro, that's freaking <laughs> crazy, dude. So you taught yourself over the year with YouTube, and. Where, I guess are the YouTube videos where he's telling you like B- BPMs and no, kind of, it I was mean, it okay. was more it wasn't even they weren't even like training videos necessarily because like you had to pay for those like they were oh. they were only like some clips I could find about like how to scratch like also DJ Keyword how to scratch tutorials, but you there would only be like three or four videos on the entire YouTube of like you know 16, 20, 20 long twenty video long series, so I just kind of had to like watch people's routines like i just watch like people doing dj competitions and watch like people's like routines that they would do on youtube and then i would just kind of like have to like mimic what they were doing oh my so it wasn't not a tutorial thing it was more like all right i'm just gonna go out here and build a road because that's my job and I just had to stand on the side on the sidewalk and watch and be like, "Well, I guess that's how you build rope. Like, <laughs> I guess you just mix this stuff up and then you pour it and then you kind of take like a ruler and then and then you build a road that way and you kind of hit it with a hammer a couple times. So it's like it wasn't like a direct one to one ratio tutorial. I'm just like watching people and I'm just like, like, okay, their hands doing this. Yeah, their hands are doing this okay. and then like they're doing this with this, but." They're like this, and so I had to like re. I had to like figure out how to connect my turntables correctly to the mixer because they weren't they weren't connected correctly when I first started. Like I just kept like, and then I had to figure out like what goes where and then what buttons do this and that and then what to do to kind of like keep the records in sync with one another. So it was just like there was there there was no guidelines. I just had to just I just went for it. Yo, you just dove in. Was like, I mean, whatever. I'll just figure it out as I go. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. So it took about a year to do it, and it took then... about at least a year to kind of like it to get like to start scratching. That's kind of it took me about a year to learn how to scratch. Right. Um, I still couldn't mix records. I couldn't get that. Like, okay, it, you still can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't figure out how to mix records, and and during that time period of that year, like I mean. I spent so much money on records, like because oh there there were like no record stores, so I had to buy everything online, and like records back then were like twenty dollars a pop or expensive. so. Expensive. 
And so, and yes. I was like having a, like, I mean, 20, anywhere from like six to $20. Yeah, depending the, on where you go, uh, used and new and all that, yeah. I was buying all new records. I wasn't even buying the used records. Oh, like, it's shit. Just yeah. straight new records. And so, like, and then I was buying doubles of some copies of records, you know what I'm saying? So, like, hundreds of dollars just invested in the records. Like, just, over, like, Jesus, that is insane. So you eventually, did you eventually get to the point where obviously you learn how to really mix to you know? It probably it took a took, while. Probably two. It was probably two, two years or so into having my turntables before I could make. I was actually talking to this chick, and she lived up in New York because that was back. Okay. That was back when like you know like the internet first started and people got cell phones and so like people were yes. just talking to it you could be in like wyoming and like people were just talk like you were just you just had a friend that was in wyoming yeah. and that's just how it was like yeah, yeah chat every, rooms every, yeah, yeah chat yeah, rooms yeah. started you know what i'm saying like and people would just be talking to people on the internet and you would just have friends like in texas or have friends in like that's you know kentucky like it was just a weird time like people were just figured out that they could talk to people who weren't in their city and so everybody was just talking to everyone it didn't really matter where they were um, so oh I had this girl God. I was talking to who lived like in upstate New York or like in New York. I don't, yeah, I think it was upstate New York. And her dad was a DJ. And Ooh, um, that's dope. So I had gotten a chance to talk with him like on the phone. I was like, yo, man, I, I can't figure out how to mix records. Like, what's the deal? And he's like, oh, man, it's real, easy. super cool, dude. You know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, man, it's, it's real easy. You just got to listen to the snares. When the snares hit, if you can match up the snares to each other, then the records are blent together. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. And so I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you just match the snares. And so, like, I think I might have, like, hung up the phone. I don't know if I, like, even finished that like... conversation. I was like, I hung up the phone, climbed up onto the top of my bed, and, like, grabbed two records, and, like, it clicked just like that. Shut up. So he was, so that advice was right. Yeah. Wow. He, it's just like, if you, if you can get the snares to hit at the same time, then the records are blent together. And, like, as soon as he told me that, I was like, Damn. Like and then, yeah. and then like oh, it's so simple. Yeah, it's like such a simple concept. And I was like, damn, like this works. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you got to that point, it's like and you probably grabbing so many records, like, oh wow. This yeah, all works. I was just like this Yeah, and I would I would play a game with myself. I was like, How long can I keep the groove going? Where I would just keep mixing records <laughs> to keep the groove going. Yo, that is freaking <laughs> ill. So I'm sure you were like adrenaline rush, like, oh this is crazy, this is what I wouldn't do, sounds dope. So when, when, when did you play any shows back then? Like, did you were you? No, I think I DJ in my room from 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Dang, uh, six years. I got wow. I got I got my turn. was at five when I was fifteen. I didn't play my first show until I was like nineteen. Oh my god! So you just did it in your room four years. So four, four years. Four years. Yeah. Just for your, practicing your room, killing the game. Wow. Yeah, four years and like. It was kind of wild because, like, I got to a fairly advanced level, I feel like. In four years of straight practice, hell yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, dating anybody. I didn't already have, like, friends like that. I wasn't, like, going out to parties or anything like that. And so, like, all I had to do was just, like, DJ. And then, like, I actually ended up figuring out how to make beats on my PS2, which is. Yes. Okay. This is what I want to talk about again. <laughs> Because this is absolutely insane. So, yes, tell us how that worked and what game that was. Okay, so rewind back. Back to about 15 or so. Yes. Um, P- 
PS2 had come out or had, had been out for like a little while. Of course, I'm like, that. Huge dad, dad, deal. Like, yeah, like, yes. yeah, the PS2, when that was like a revolution in gaming, mm-hmm. and it was just because, like, all we ever knew was PlayStation, which is exactly. super tight, you know what I'm saying? Shout out PlayStation. Yeah. But then the PS2 came out, I was like, oh, wow. Whole different level. Like, this thing can play DVDs. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. It was insane. Like, yo, this, not, no, not only could it play DVDs, it could play CDs too. It could play yep. CDs and That's DVDs, right. and it could connect to the internet. Dude. And so it was just like, yo, this is like a huge monumental leap forward in gaming. Yes. Um, you know, Final Fantasy was starting to get like super sick. Final Fantasy X had just mm-hmm. come out. Yes. Um, Kingdom Hearts and all that stuff. Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas Ooh, was yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, the, like, it really went from like, you know, Mario 64 to like Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, like yes. in a, overnight almost. So I was like, yeah, I got to get a PS2. Like, and that was a hot ticket how item. To. And yes. I think Xboxes came out too, but I wasn't like super. <laughs> I was a Sony kid growing up. Uh, yeah, straight up. So, like, Xbox was like, okay, this is nice. Yeah. Yeah, Halo, like, you know? Yeah, but Halo, which I didn't really understand. First person, shooters, multiplayer shooters at the yeah. time. But, um, but I was like, yo, PS2, how to get one. So, begged my dad to get me one. He finally bought me one. Um, we're up in, like, New Jersey, because my grandma's from New York. And we used to, like, go up to New Jersey, rent, like, a hotel there, and then we'd drive back and forth between New York and New Jersey to go visit family. Oh, nice. For, yeah, like, yeah. uh... The holidays for like Christmas and stuff. Like, I actually got the like ice skating Rockefeller Center for like Christmas Eve or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. That's like the, awesome. The tree was up and everything. Oh, and like, that's dope. Like, my mom took me out there. She didn't, she didn't skate with me for whatever reason, but like, I was just out there like ice skating and like, I was low key killing it. No, for like, you? for like somebody who, who has no ice skating experience. Like, I was like out there laughing people in, in like the arena. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just killing it. Anyway, so we're out at GameStop. Shout out GameStop. Yeah, shout out to GameStop. No, 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 no. EB Games. EB Games. Yes, I'm sorry. It wasn't even GameStop yet. Yeah, GameStop wasn't a thing yet, I don't think. Not really. Or they were kind of coming up, but it was EB Games. Electronic Boutique. Electronic Boutique. Yeah. And um, I'm shopping through the games, you know what I'm saying? Perusing. Yes. And I see this game, and I look at it, and they're just like, you can, like, make beats with it. You're like, what? Yeah, and I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? And I think it was like $7. Like, it was like a used game. Some real cheap, yeah. So yeah. I was like, well, 7 bucks. like, I'll get it. I think I got that, and I got like the Matrix game too or something like that. Oh my God, yeah. yes. Stop the whole conversation for a second. The Matrix game, the first Matrix game, with, you know, like Jada Pinkett Smith, Bruh. Flame. Like, that, that game really was just like next level everything so fun oh my god I remember that game now oh. remember, just remember playing the demo like yes. the EB games and like just being like yo I have to have this I game got like, to buy this game I remember like when I walked on the wall for the first time I was shooting like that game do, 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 do. oh my god I forgot all about that game yo you gotta go back and play it's still really good it still holds up like yo like yo. the combat the hand to hand combat like you got a slow motion do, do, do. And it's like, it's crazy because, like, you can, like, I remember, like, you can sweep the legs out from under somebody and then punch them into the wall. And, like, and then pull your guns out. I'm like, dude, oh my God. (laughs) Remake those games, Sony. That is the one game they really need to remake. Remake the Enter the Matrix game literally just was just, like, so good. Yes. They need to remake that game. So we need to start a petition. Enter the Matrix. That That would change the whole, that would change everything. Open world, Matrix. Oh my God. Oh my god! Like overall, Matrix game, create your character, and all that. I would, I would lose my mind. Lose I'd, my mind. I'd play it. You know what I'm saying? Heartbeat, like, dude. 
but yeah so i got that game and i uh, got the the beat making game and so okay, i was like all right i already know the matrix game is playing yeah i was like Given. Well, let me check out this other game and like see what's going on and so like <clears throat> it was mad wild it had like it it was called ej club world okay and so it was like this little gray planet and each place on the planet was a different club in real life and then each club had like a different genre of music with a different set of samples and so you could pick which place you want to go to and then they had like a beat grid and like a music generator and you could just like arrange songs and yeah. so i just started like i was about right i think right after i got my turntables i got that game so i started producing and then i started uh djing like at the same time no shit yeah so oh my god and that's just crazy that you make that there's this beat making game that is this you figured out it's like okay cool I can do this and then you know that kind of helped you do your real thing yeah um so I guess where did it go from there in terms of production or in terms yeah. of DJing well what came first was it you, were you more producing I was DJing first and then I started producing production. okay yeah so going to the DJing first and then we go to producing um, so nothing really happened for like a couple years, really. Um, like I said, I was just in my room DJing, buying hella records. Um, I ended up inheriting my parents' records. Um, okay. Which is such a tragic story. My parents had like oh, a, a mass, some of the, probably one of the most eclectic collections of vinyl records I'd ever seen in my life for two individual people. And, like, I mean, I'm talking just, like, all different kinds of records. And left them under the house, uncovered. Wet, dust, everything. Our basement flooded, flooded out the records, everything. And, like, they were they were under there for, like, uh, probably 10 years. Oh, my before God. Before I pulled them out. And I pulled them out and salvaged as much as I possibly could. But I'm, I'm talking, like, stand-up album, Richard Pryor stand-up albums, Parliament Funkadelic albums, um... God. Run DMC first press albums stuff like that. So it's, it's like just valuable shit. Literally valuable exclusive like Rick James albums first press oh Rick God. James albums oh. all just ruined just absolutely ruined. Um, so I salvaged what I could from those. I still have those records actually. Do you? Yeah. I still, Good. I still have a lot of those records. I mean they're still they're kind of shit and they're kind of work, but I mean yeah. I'm doing what I can about it. I'm just trying to hold on to them so I can get them like unwarped. There is there is a process of unwarping them. You gotta put them in the oven. What? What? And you put your you put your records in the oven and you put it onto like a, a glass like cutting board, like a pretty thick one, and then you grab another glass cutting board and you set it on top and then you let it cool and then it unwarps the records. No way. And it goes back flat. Yeah. I did not know that. Now I'm gonna know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a long it's a it's a long, like time consuming process, but it can be done. You just gotta sit down and do it. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Um so nothing really happened with the DJ stuff for a while. I ended up going to uh G Tech for recording engineering. Okay. High point campus. Yeah, high point campus. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that and like really like nothing really happened till like I said about I was about like nineteen. At that point, I was just kind of like, well, this isn't happening. Like <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, I'm already nineteen. I've never I've never DJed anywhere aside from like my bedroom. So like I'm like, yeah, I guess this I guess this, this is gonna be a hobby. From this is it. Yeah, this is it. You know. Um, and so I was taking a music appreciation class. I think it was the history of rock class. And um, we had this assignment where you could either write a song 
and perform it in front of the class or write a song and or you could bring in a song that means a lot and then write a book report about it mm-hmm. of the entire class only me and one other person in there like actually wrote a song and performed it in front of the class like i forgot how i recorded the song like i like went home found a beat i think i might have made a beat on my playstation or something i can't even remember what I, I think i was making beats on a psp by that point Recorded it and like brought it back to class and like played it on PSP. Yeah, I think I was like I was making beats on PSP. Like you only make little short sample beats. Yeah. But what I would do is like you can they'd probably be about like six seconds long, and so I'd make one part of the beat and export it, and I'd make the second part of the beat with the changes <laughs> and export it, and I'd take it to Virtual DJ, and then <sighs> I would like. Um, just finesse I would loop it. I would loop it and then switch back and forth between the beats to get the changes in the beats. So that is what happened. I forgot what happened. I started a podcast. Bro, yes. Do you? A what? I started okay, a podcast in high school. I forgot that that happened. So yes. I, I started as a virtual DJ and I was like mixing and doing stuff on there, and I ended up starting a podcast when I was like sixteen. Yo, that is and about was it just your beats? Just, it's just like, music. It was just mixes. I would just mix stuff on like I would do like mashups of songs on Virtual DJ, and then I would upload them to the internet. And I actually got like sort of kind of famous. Really? Cause I don't even know when the Hot Point probably even doing that. No one in Hot Point was doing it, but I got it famous like on the internet. Like oh, like, oh, it's oh through the net. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. So like I was using Podomatic like when I was like sixteen. Oh my god, I never heard of that. <laughs> So it's just a it's just a website where people would post podcasts, and like I would post my podcast, and like I would just kept doing it and kept doing it because like that's what Diplo was doing. So I was like, I'm gonna do it because Diplo started yeah, podcast. So I'm just gonna do one, whatever. Um, so I started a podcast, and then like people started streaming it like a shit ton, like out of China. Oh my god! Like I was getting like two or two or three hundred like plays a day in China at like seventeen. She was like, yo. This I was like, oh, this, this is cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, because yeah. like, they had a map where they would show you like where all the people were listening to your show and downloading like analytics. So I look at my analytics and like my shows, like my shows, like they just be like little three, four minute mixes. And sometimes I do like hour mixes, but like they would get like the mashups would get like downloaded in China and like all around the world. And so like I was like in the top 100 most listened to podcasts on the website. Like, yo, that's incredible. At like 18. She was like, yo, what's up? I know I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? My and podcast. I was actually in iTunes, too. So it was like through, it was like also in iTunes, which is kind of like what ended up kind of crashing it all down because I would make these mashups of songs and they would be in iTunes and they would be more popular than the original songs on iTunes. On iTunes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be kind of kind of weird. It's, it's like, ooh. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. <laughs> and, like, I was taking, like, entertainment law at the time, and I knew that if I, like, charged people for these, then they would definitely, like, DMCA strike me. That's illegal, yeah. So I just gave it all away for free, and I never charged anybody for it. But, like, people would just, like, stream these songs, like, <sighs> religiously. And um, so that's kind of, like, what I was doing between, like, 16 to about nights, like, to about... 21 or 22 or so like i had a podcast yeah yeah so you had a freaking podcast had a fairly successful podcast back when we probably our age weren't even thinking about no podcast no but like i would tell people like y'all have a podcast and people like what's that and i I had to sit down and explain explain to them what a podcast was because i was like yo like i was like yo podcast like i can just stream this music and like for free and like people like and because like people were doing some pretty 
sick podcast like in the early 2000s you yeah. know what i mean like there was like there was really like no limitations no laws nobody was really watching podcast movement back then so like people were just like doing stuff and i was like yeah this is tight and like I would find these podcasts where people were, like, doing, like, uh, up-and-coming artists and, like, local artists and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, this, this is tight. You know what I'm saying? It's badass, yeah. And, like, when podcasting blew up, like, a couple years ago, I was like, yo, that's wild. I kind of wish I would have kept it. was like, <laughs> dang, dude. I would have been... Imagine if you would have kept with that. Oh, my gosh. You'd be on... Like, I would be on... Like, I'd be probably right one of the top podcasters yeah, in the OGs. world right now. Yeah, OG podcast. Some of the stuff is still up on Podomatic and stuff. Like you can find it. Yo, I will deep dive. I mean, they're they're all terrible mixes. They all sound terrible. Like yeah, they're, 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 now, all, they're all at the time. I was like, yo, this is all right. But now looking back, I'm like this is terrible. Well, this these is these trash. are terrible. Some of them are actually still pretty good, but some of them I'm just like, yo, what? Like, cause I didn't know how to EQ stuff correctly. Oh yeah. I didn't really know how to mix things correctly, so it just kind of sound like jumbled messes. So I was like, looking back, I'm like, I can't believe people are listening to this. Hey, what are we all doing, bro? But, yeah, so that was kind of, like, all I was doing in terms of DJing right. up until, like I said, about 19. And then uh, me and this one dude, me and this other dude, were the only two people who, like, I guess we, I, we were the only two people who cared about music. Yeah, in the class. Yeah, in the class. And so um, we ended up linking up outside of class, and he was throwing, like, a birthday party, and he invited me out. And I was like, bro, I, I can't even, like, come to your party. You know what I'm saying? I don't got a ride. So he actually ended up picking me up and taking me to his birthday party. And we click from there. Bam. Yeah. Met in class, came to the party. He was like, okay, we're homies now. Yeah, shout out AD. Yeah, shout out AD. So I linked up with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were just kind of Kendrick Spirits. And he had Pro Tools. He had a studio and everything. He had a computer. Mm -hmm. had the the, the uh, box. And he had the inbox. And he had the, the microphone and the micro stand. But he didn't understand how to use it. Like, he didn't yeah. understand how to send a program. But I was actually in school to learn how to use Pro Tools. So I actually knew how to use it. And so... We just linked up together and like start a studio. Yeah, yeah. So you had a studio, pray in the bedroom. Uh, yeah, his bedroom. Like yeah. I think it was in his best, in his basement. And then one of his roommates moved out, and then we moved it upstairs to like one of the rooms in his upstairs bedroom and the, the studio. And oh, so we were just like recording, like and like we would just record tracks, and like I was just, I would just be the engineer, and he had like all the resources. Oh shit! And like people would just like come through, and like I would, like at this point, I eventually started using FL Studio to make beats. I, free I loops. finally, I, yeah, shout out Free Loops. I finally, like you know, my homeboy TJ hooked me up with like a copy of FL, and he kind of like because at first I didn't understand how to like sequence the beats. I can mm -hmm. make them. But I didn't understand how to like use the sequencer to like, to like to make the actual song out. And he finally told me, "It's like, yo, you gotta do this." And then you put the beats you made on here, and I was like, "Oh, done, done, that's it." And so I was making these beats, and then like people would just like come in the studio, and like I'll just drop tracks with them, like and like just rap over them. Yeah. Oh my god, this is hot point, right? Yeah, this is back at hot point. And so like at nineteen, I was like executive producing like t at, uh, two or three different acts at a time. Damn. Just like and cranking out beats, just cranking out beats, cranking out songs, cranking out songs, and then like, like it's like, and I'll be, I'll probably be in the studio for like eight or nine hours at a time, just like, just damn, recording songs back to back to back to back, dropping tracks because I was like, it was either record songs at a studio or go to the crib and play like old PS2 games. Right. So it was like, I'm gonna record music. Yeah, I'm gonna record music yeah. and like, and also turn up and then like, yeah, and like we dropped some pretty decent, like, I mean. Yeah, for someone who had never worked in a studio before and had no experience recording stuff, like some of the songs like came out pretty good. What were you dropping on like MySpace and? Um, I don't even remember what we were putting. Okay. I don't even know if we were. We were trying to figure out a way of like 
marketing and strategy. You know, there's a whole bunch of moving parts. Back we never, then, super we, hard. Yeah, we never really got off the ground like that, like that. Yeah. But uh, what ended up happening was he threw a New Year's Eve party. He was like, yo, can you DJ my New Year's Eve party? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up DJing his New Year's Eve party, and that was like my first gig. And so he was just like, yo, like I can talk to some people, and we should just start a DJ company. And that's how I started doing shows. And that was that's all she wrote. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. I wasn't there. But, yeah. um, I was like, dang, you were there? You no, in no, the no. back? I remember you telling me that the last time I, before yeah. I fucked this interview. Um, so you used to drive out because you didn't have a car at the time, right? Yeah, I didn't have a car. So he had the car. Up. He picked me up. I, like He had the car. He knew the people. And I had the skills and the DJ equipment. Okay. And you drive and out so to the parties? Be- between the two of us, like we were one cohesive DJ. Damn, that's <laughs> dope. And so he ended up getting me like this gig at this um at this bar, uh Orion's bar. I remember, yeah, I remember Orion's. <laughs> Pretty much everyone's first bar. Yeah. Um and like I would go out there and DJ out there on Thursday nights and then they cut like we split the money two ways. Dope. Dope. And dope. and um I ended up like killing it so much that there was a hookah lounge, the people who owned it were at the bar one night and heard us DJ and were just like, yo, can you come do that here? on the weekends and so i think within like a month or two i was doing three nights a week thursday friday saturday oh wow that you were recording oh you were having shows three nights a week yeah djing three nights a week making like a couple hundred dollars a weekend like as like a 19 year old with no no car no bills you was like lit okay i'm I'm like making like close to like 1500 1200 a month dj working working three nights a week so you were chilling on the other days making music making music or not or just do, or just fucking around, and then show a couple times a week, and then yeah, and then Thursday would come around, we load up the equipment into his his whip, and then we go up to the bar, DJ Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the rest of the week I was just fucking chilling. Dude, that is hype, bro. <laughs> At nineteen, yeah. So what? So obviously did that for a long party for a couple of years, I'm guessing. Uh, probably did for about a year, and yeah. I ended up going to UNCG. So you did go to UNCG, I remember that. Yeah. And what what was your what was your um goal with going to school? Were you studying music or media? Uh, media. Okay, you're doing music. Okay, right. Um, I was just so I was in college from the ages of like 15 up until 24. I was mm-hmm. in the middle of college, so mm-hmm. I was like taking college classes and like doing the whole college thing. And I was like super stressed out. You know what I'm saying? I like I'm like 16 years old with the, with the coursework and the stress level of like a university student. Mm, right. You know right. what I'm saying? So by the time I got ready to go to university i was like i'm over school like I, I'm, you're done I, I'm, I'm tired of being in school i'm tired of going i never liked school anyway but i'm just like now i'm just like yo man school sucks but there weren't very many other options it's either go to school or get a job i kind of already had a job but i just wanted to to get out of high point <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah i had to get out of high understandable point. um and so i was like what major can i have in college where i can like party as much as i want to dick around and like just do whatever and not fail out okay Film. media yes <laughs> i was like yeah. yes it's so i was like yo i'll just do like film and i was like yeah like like i said i grew up watching television so much i kind of already understood the basic concept and structure of how the the, the structure story and how to make a decent like how to convey ideas visually I can pretty much got the basis of it so I was like man I've done my entire life is watch TV like I can make films you know what I'm saying yeah, absolutely so you, you already you already into visuals and media anyway like you said so it's like cool yeah, it was, it's, yeah all I did was like watch TV so I was like, like why can't I make TV yes <laughs> yes 
Um, and so there was like this dude, Shay. I remember he was talking to me about how like UNCG had a really dope film program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll just, just go to UNCG it. and like go to for film. And that is, and that's where I, how I started at UNCG. That's dope. So you went in from the department, which I was a me, I was a minor in film. Yeah. Um, what year do you think that was? That I came in, in two thousand ten. Okay, I was already there. We probably practiced each other. I'm sure we practiced each other all the time. Probably. Because I was definitely there doing media minor at the same time. So I took you know, round building. Yep. Yep. <laughs> absolutely doing wag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, that's wild, bro. So you were still you still kind of like. Because you, you took a break from the DJ thing for a while, didn't you? Um, I, When I first started at UNCG, I was still DJing on the weekend. So I wasn't doing Thursdays anymore, but I was doing Friday and Saturday night at the uh, hookah lounge. And yes. so, like, throughout the week, I go to class. <clears throat> I actually ended up setting up my own recording studio in my dorm room. Oh, so wow. I got my own. Shout out to mom. She bought me a MacBook. And then I had a, like an inbox and I had a microphone that I bought offline. And it came with a mic cable. Um, and I think it came with a mic stand too. And so then I went, I, st- I tried to record, but I couldn't record because I didn't have the pop filter. So I ended up going to Guitar Center, caught the bus from UNCG, went to Guitar Center and got a pop filter. And then I just had like a, a studio ready to go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is freaking dope. So yeah. So, uh, four floor studios. Four floor studios in Reynolds. No, six floor, six floor studios. Which one of the freshman dorms. Yeah, the freshman dorms. Six floor studios in Reynolds. See, y'all are out, y'all are up there just cutting and chilling Driving, and making music. tracks. It's like, yeah, I was like, I'd make a beat and then like we record a song. Like, just like that. Right in the dorm room. Yeah. Dude, those. I mean, I think, <sighs> and between that freshman year, we dropped like eight mixtapes. Wow. And were you Rod at that point? So I met, so I remember... I had just gotten to UNCG yeah. and we were doing the floor meetings. Rob was on my floor and um, everybody had to go around the floor and say um, one thing about themselves, one interesting about themselves and what their major was. And so we get to ride. You know, Rod sticks out. Tall dude. Yes. You, you can't miss him. And we get to ride and Rod is just like, um, I like to freestyle and my major is ballroom dancing. Now, here's the thing. You can major in dance, and you can major in, like, art, but you cannot major in ballroom dancing. Like, that Absolutely is not a major not. you cannot you can not take, but everybody what? believed him. What? So he would go around telling everybody his major was ballroom dancing. Like, everybody believed him. So everybody thought Rob was a ballroom dancer. <laughs> he was in school for kinesiology. <laughs> but, no, but, of course he was. That's and, hilarious. And so, um... When I heard him say that, I was like, well, I think that kid's going to be my friend. Yes. He's going to be my new best friend. I want to meet that guy. Yeah. And, um, because, like, I had, at this point, I had actually started rapping a little bit. So you started also, yes, 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 yes. And, um, I had just been so used to, like, freestyling on the block with, like, just people in the hood. Like, that's just kind of like what we used to do. And so I was like, man, I, I need to continue. I was like, oh, I can freestyle with him. We can just rock it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I already have, like, one thing in common. And so I remember I got back from Guitar Center with the pop filter, and Rob mm-hmm. was the first person that I showed that I had the studio set up. And he was just like, what? He was like, word, bro? Okay, yeah. Okay. And he was just like, y'all rap. And I was like, I kind of figured. Yeah, <laughs> and, I got that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then me, Rod, and my roommate started a group called First in Flight. It was like, I was a producer, was two rappers, and my roommate sang. And we First actually... First in Flight, yes. <laughs> was that from the Wiz Khalifa 
tenth. That, that was right. That was around the same time. Cause I remember that coming. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yes. And um, so we actually ended up. I I don't know what I think I was just messing around in FL Studio and I came up with this track, this instrumental, and uh, B Rod and my roommate got on it. It's called Polo Sheets, mm. and we ended up dropping that joint. And like it was like an R and B track. <sighs> And um, people were, like, having sex to our song. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that. Someone had to tell me, like, people were, like, up in the dorm room, like, fucking to our song and shit. So, like, yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> hilarious. Polo Sheets. That's on YouTube. Yeah, that's on YouTube. Dude, Polo Sheets. I'm absolutely going to look that up that's, right That's a complete original track. I made the beat, uh, and I recorded and mixed it and put it out on YouTube. So it was R&B, so did he sing, or did your homeboy sing? Uh, my roommate sung. Roommate sung, Rod. Me and Rod rapped. Rapped. Oh, I'm going to... Is there a music video for it? There's not a music video, but it's just like a picture with a song up to it. It's I on YouTube. I will be listening to that as soon as this is over. Oh, my gosh. I might play at the end. I'm just yeah, playing that. Just, just, just add it at the end. So no, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Just add it in, man. So, yeah. Um, so, people were smashing to your songs. You were like, oh, this is kind of crazy. Okay, this is cool. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then, like, Rod being who he was. Like, I kind of, like, being friends with Rod was, like, have personal interests, have business interests. Because yeah. I was like, this motherfucker is, like, commercial as fuck. Like, you, this motherfucker is marketable than a motherfucker. Like, I could market that. Like, yeah, whatever, yeah. like whatever Rod had going on at the time, I was like, yo, I can put him out in front of people. And people would just buy with that. That's it. So half of it was just like, yo, he seems like a really cool dude. Like, we just chill. And the other half was like, yo, I can commercialize this motherfucker. Like, facts. Yeah. And so he would drop music. And of course, because like my name was attached to it, like, or I had a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the buzz built. <laughs> dude, that is wow. So were y'all playing shows? We weren't doing shows. We were okay. just releasing music. I mean, because we, I mean, we were still college students. Right. right so right, we were right. still like going to class. And then I think, I started working up at WAG at the radio station. Wag, yes. So yeah. I was going to class, producing, recording, mixing, promoting, still doing the podcast, um, and DJing. So you were still DJing a little bit too, because obviously by this point you took more producer route yeah. than DJing. But I was doing both. So you do you were doing both at the same time, just different parts. You, you just produce, different parts yeah. of the week. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So Oh my god, how'd you balance all of that? Do you want your dream to be featured on our podcast? Do you have a recurring dream that drives you wild? A sex dream that leaves you feeling dirty? A nightmare that makes you feel guilty? Head over to www.wildestdreamspodcast.com and click the submit tab. Once you're there, fill out our form and submit your dream as text. Prefer to send audio? You can always drop us a line at our email, submit at wildestdreamspodcast.com. Each week, we'll feature one dream that we will try our damnedest to decipher. It's listeners like you that keep our dream alive. Uh, to, I guess I really didn't, because some. Of, I mean, it was. That's why I got such a slack major. I was like, yeah, yeah I got to do something that's gonna allow me the most flexibility to kind of like do whatever. And so, when I first started going out and like you know, like I was out UNCG, I was like, I'm just gonna just self promote myself all the time, and that's where like Carolina started. Like yeah. I'd always introduce myself. I was DJ Mr. Carolina at the time. Yeah, and then I switched to DJ Carolina. But like anytime I talk to anybody, introduce myself, yo, I'm Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like that's where I guess the legend of Carolina started. Is that yo, freshman year in, in Reynolds, just talking to people, being out with Rod, and that's when I. uh linked up with Chris Watkins and like we'd all just like roll, roll out to parties and stuff on the weekends and stuff 
Oh my god, bro. That is so dope. <laughs> and then of course that's when my radio career kind of started as well. Uh when I did my got my first show. I was just doing songs that were up at the station, but we Different had like the CDs a, and yeah, all that CDs yeah. and stuff at the station, but that's when the first time I was like on the radio and stuff. You radio DJing, DJing, doing show ride, you were doing literally everything. Everything I could. Yeah. I mean that's hunger. I mean hunger's still there with you. I know you're still going crazy, but like that's that's cool. I mean it was like the first time I was like not at my parents' house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, were, you were out. This is the first time I was like out on my own. And like, you know, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to play outside. <laughs> yeah. that's And that's, and gosh, I mean, I feel like you going through that, you know, playing your room for four years and all that is kind of melted into this and it kind of all makes sense. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, it was just, I, I, that was, it takes 10,000 hours to become a bastard at anything. That is, you, know, you hear it all the time. It does sound kind of cliche, but it's just the truth. And then I I just ended up putting in my ten thousand hours, bef- like by the time I was like twenty. Yeah. So you we you, we got into it. It's like nah, I'm ready. Like, Essentially, we, we'll yeah. just go ahead and just do this for the most part. Yeah. Absolutely. So is that when you you eventually met Drew and all of them? And that's kind of when I started to kind of know who you were. Yeah. Is when you were like Buddy Molly days and with Drew and uh. That was probably about another two two years. Was that two so years? That's probably about a, another year. Two years or so, because um, I was rocking with the uh, Black Lotus Society. Black Lotus. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us about that. So, um, well, it was just kind of like I, I, I had never, like I said, I'd never been like outside of my parents' house before, and then like High Point is such a contained area where it's just like I never you can't just really walk around High Point and get to places you need to like nope, you can't cannot. in Greensboro <laughs> you cannot <laughs> um, everything is so spread out and so like just being in Greensboro and being on UST's campus like I can just walk to pretty much almost anything that I would want or need to get to so like I was always outside like all the time and so I would just beat people especially as I was skateboarding too I was yeah. skateboarding at the time so I would skate all the time walk everywhere and just be everywhere and I would just end up beating people End up meeting Paradigm, which is one of the members of a uh, Black Lotus Society, Dope. which is crazy because he used to be at G Tech with me. Like I would see him on campus, but I never really interacted with him. But then he'd also be at G Tech and he'd be at UNCG. Like he'd just be posted up. And um, one day, I don't know what happened. We just kind of clicked. And he's like, "Yeah, hey, you want to go meet my homeboy?" So it was interesting. We went to Sage's house. Sage the Black. Okay. Yeah. So I actually had a class with Sage. It was a, actually an African American studies class with Makes Sage. Sense. And he sat in the front and argued with the teacher every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day about facts and different things. You know what I'm saying? Shout and to Sage, man. I remember being like, I was sitting in the back of the class. You know what I'm saying? I was just there for like the credit to get just to make it through. And I remember being like, I would never hang out with that dude. <laughs> Too argumentative. Like, too much. Just like, yo, this dude, and he was always saying something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, yo, what is this man talking about? Uh, so I ended up linking up with Paradigm. We ended up going to Sage's house. And that was how I met Sage for the first time. And I was, of course, me being Carolina time, I'm like, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, word. It's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is my music. This is blah, blah, blah. So we ended up just kind of like linking over music, like, you know, most people. Um, and I, I think that was like the summer of like 2011. Or something like that. And then I just ended up just rocking. And then I ended up meeting, like, um, Hustle. Okay. And up eating, meeting Tom and just pretty much meeting the rest of the Black Lotus Society. And, like, I just ended up, like, rocking out with them. And yeah. so eventually that's when I met Drew. 
and Tony Price. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, me being me, I'm like, yo, this is what I do. This is, I mean, just like literally anytime anybody I talk to, I'd be like, yo, this is what I do. This is what I do. You're a networking king. Check check out my podcast. And, and, um, so then B Tony and Drew ended up like linking up and they, he hit me up. I was like, yo, like you want to like come rock out with us? Like we're doing the side project, buddy. Molly, that's probably about, uh, 2013, 2014 mm-hmm. or so. Wow. Yes. Yes. You're like, yeah, of course. At right. that point, you think I'll take, I'll take a bite of anything. Essentially, I mean, because like I'd, I'd fallen off from DJing a little bit because I kind of need to focus on school a little bit. Yeah. But I kind of got back into it, so I was still kind of like doing shows, doing clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. For um, money, I mean. Yeah, money. Anything. Yeah, I just like, because it was just like, I needed money. And so I was like, I can either like go out here and get like a job and like be a like schmuck, or I can go work two days a week and make like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, probably the same amount of money. The same amount of money under the table tax free. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just straight cash. And also, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's what I want to do. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, that, that makes sense. I was just always like just trying to hustle, trying to get to that next level, trying to like make something happen. And that was just pretty much like I guess people just kinda like I think people I didn't I didn't really realize how much people were paying attention to me. Absolutely. No one never really knows how many people how much people are paying attention to them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kinda until it happens. Until someone's like, Yeah, I've been seeing you doing this, like, really? Where? When? Yeah. It, you know it really I mean? kinda like I think what really put me over the edge at that time period, I dropped a music video uh called Come and Go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um up until that point I was kinda like doing like weed rap or like just kinda like whatever kind of rap, you know what I'm saying? So like it's it's interesting when you have your own studio. You right. can kinda just do whatever you really want to. There's nothing there's no one really stopping you, there's no limitations. And so one day I'm just like, man, I'm gonna make a gangster track. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna make a gangster rap track. It was like, why not? You know what I'm saying? I was actually like at the club and like started writing this song while I was at the club. Shout out Lotus Lounge. Like, oh my god, yes, um, Shout out Lotus I Lounge. was out at Lotus Lounge. Um, I forget who was there, but uh, I just started writing this like song, and I think I got like mad one day and I like, ended up finishing the song and I dropped it. It's called Come and Go. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy, who I actually went to elementary school with, and re-met up with him in high school, and then I kind of kept in contact with him all the way till I got to college. He was shooting music videos, and he just wanted to, he just wanted to shoot music videos. He was like, "Whatever you got," and I was like, "Yo, like I sent him this song." He's like, "Yo, when you want to shoot a music video?" So I was like, "I was like, whenever." Yeah, that's right. And so we ended up shooting a video, and then I ended up putting the song on one of Rod's projects. I want to say it was the Chronicles of Roderick. It was like a, a, a extra bonus track. That's dope. Um, so we end up wrapping up his project, put it out with his tape, and I end up shooting a music video for it, and I put it out, and it just blew up. Wow. Like, out, like, lo- like kind of locally and a little bit beyond. And, like, after that song drop, I swear, like, everywhere, I think that's when people really kind of started, like, looking at really me. fucking with you. It was like, damn, Carolina going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, on YouTube too. Come and go. Yeah, come, come and go. Come and go and polo sheets. Yeah. Okay, we'll look that both up before I put it right here on my other notes. And so I remember dropping that video and like I think that's when people started taking me seriously. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just kind of like still on this like, man, I'm, I got to figure a way to come up. Because like I just wasn't really, I didn't really understand how much people respected me at mm-hmm. UNCG. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I was always so much like head down in on the grindstone that yeah. I wasn't really looking up to see like what was going on. Mind your business. Yeah. You know it was my business. Yeah. And like come and go dropped and like 
I couldn't go anywhere, like, at least or within, like, a, a five or ten mile radius of UNCG without people being like, yo, it's Carolina, like, or, like, you know, shouting lyrics of my song to me and stuff, like, like, you know, like, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and, and to go from, like, being a relative nobody in High Point to being, like, a local celebrity in Greensboro is kind of, like, a culture shock, and I was yeah. like, yo, what is going on right now? So this is kind of crazy, what's going on, what are we doing? Yeah. Yo, and that's wild. So, like, by the time I got with, like, Drew and, and Tony, like, I was kind of, like, my own entity yeah. at that point, like, I wasn't... I don't know if I was ever really tied to ride like that. Yeah. But like, I definitely was like my own person at that point. Or it's like, yo, it's Carolina. Yeah. It's, it's me. Yeah. I'm with all these other groups, but I'm Carolina. Yeah. Essentially. That is so <laughs> dope. And so when you moving forward with, um, Buddy Molly, obviously y'all, you were also rapping. Yeah. I was Buddy also rapping Molly with them. And DJing and producing and all that. So how that journey go, obviously, obviously I've seen you guys, you know, I've took photos of you guys and all that, and it was always a great show. <laughs> um, so how, how was that journey? Like, how how did you, how did you find the, I guess, the vibe and how did you work together and how was that for you? Well, it was, it was really an, inter- it was a little bit interesting vibe more so of like, um, than any of the other collectors I kind of been with because like everybody in the group was like so much into their own craft at that point mm, like there yeah. is a there is like a level of professionalism but also there is a level of like quality so what yeah. each everybody was bringing since like, like for the most part a lot of stuff i was doing before it was kind of like a touch and go or you know like just trying out you know stuff but like kind of like when we we're doing blood body it was just kind of like well drew already knew how to rap tony mm, knew how to rap and yes. drew already knew how to produce and like i already knew how to dj so it wasn't really like a trial and error kind of thing where it's more like well we got these this is it like we got everything we need and we just kind of like just made it go for it so at first they just wanted me to de- me to be a dj and i'm like all right that's cool like dj their shows for them and stuff like that and i'm like all right cool um but i'll be over at the crib with them hanging out and like drew put on a beat and i'm like yo like let me get on that you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like yes know, so like let me like let me write a bar and so like i would like add my own verse to like you know stuff that they were doing and so that's kind of like how be rapping and bloody Molly started oh gotcha so you're mostly on the back end for a little bit and then you're like no nah, i can rap too yeah yeah you can obviously <laughs> a couple of times man it's always wonderful man and because y'all did shows a bunch of shows yeah we did a lot of shows yeah and um it was just like a real and it was interesting how that had its own sort of like individual life span or life like life of its own yeah like it was like it went from like you know me being carolina to like me being like one third of bloody marley yeah, and yeah. So I was like, I mean, cool, whatever. Yeah, you know? I mean, it is what it is. I'm still myself, but I'm still with these guys, and it's, it's, it's actually, still rocking. It was super wild. Um, me, Drew, we did a show at Buddy Molly. I can't remember where we were, we were coming from. And we uh, ended up getting paid. And um, I was going to be everybody back at Drew's crib, like, mm-hmm. for like kind of like an after party, after show party. And apparently the promoter gave Tony a fake $20 bill. Oh my! You know what? He just talked about this today. We worked together. Oh, me and Drew. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he was retelling me this story. Go ahead. But yeah, he gave the the promoter gave or he gave all, like he gave a t- fake hundred dollar bill to the money for us, and Tony just ended up with a fake one. <laughs> and so I think we went. Uh, they they were at like um Sitgo or something. Yeah. And Tony tries to like buy. I guess he's trying to buy like, some Heineken or like some cigarette or whatever. And the police get called, and, oh. like, they're just, like, held up. Like, I don't know if it was at gunpoint or not, but, like, Tony almost went to jail that night over a fake $20 bill that we got from, like, a promoter, like, a janky promoter. Like, yeah. Dude, that is 
Fucked up, dude. And uh, so yeah, that was that was a wild. There's always wild times with them, but that was just like yo, like yo, Tony always got arrested over some like some fuck shit. So, bro, that is insane. So I mean, obviously, uh, crazy times with Bloody Molly, of course. Yeah. And yeah. I, I must see y'all kind of performed. I guess it wasn't under Bloody Molly last year at Carolina Theater. Was that that was more of individual? That was more oh, of individual. Cause, cause Tony, cause Tony wasn't performed, did he? No, I don't think Tony. Tony wasn't there. Yeah, you were the DJ. Yeah, I was DJ. Yeah, yeah. And it was a. Sham and um, Sage, not Sage. Yeah, Sage, yeah, Sage was, there. was out there. Yeah. Uh, Stan the Man and uh, Anton Scales. Yes, that's right. And I can remember the first time I seen you guys with you and Drew and Same Sage in quite a while. Yeah, a little while. Yeah, because like yeah. Drew was doing his own thing. I was kind of like I was doing a lot of traveling. At that yes, time. I'm talking about that too. I'm talking about your traveling because I know you've DJed over 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 the United States. Is here and different, there, different places here and there. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes planned, most of the time unplanned. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about that and how you're connection how you've networked and connected to people uh well it was just like i got to my end of my college career and i was just like you know let me let me really give this a shot like mm-hmm. let me really see if i can like go out here and make this happen and so um i just linked up with like a, a promoter slash like uh he was also a rapper himself and 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 um we ended up hitting the road doing a bunch of different stuff um he had hit me up one time and he was just like, uh, you trying to go to New York tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like, and what? He, you know, I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, and he, he explained it out to me and so I ended up like hopping into a whip with him, throw him some gas money and I went up to like New York for the weekend with like $20 in no my pocket. pocket. Yeah, I mean, he told me that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that story ended up pretty wild. That, um, and so we went up, he was going to audition for the uh, Apollo Theater. Oh, um, yes. So he did that, you know, kind of, and then so I guess he, he, that was kind of the first time we went anywhere and I guess he kind of realized that, you know, like I'm a pretty solid dude. Like mm-hmm. I can just kind of go. You get by yourself and you can do your thing. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm pretty, uh, and he would tell me, he was like, yo, I couldn't even trust my cousin to come with me on something like this. Like, you know, like, you're the only person I know who would just, like, hop in a whip, come with me, and not, like, fuck anything up. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, I mean. And I'm, I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? And so, um. It's New York. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And so, um. He would, he would, he was talk, just talk. He's one of those people. That talk. I was never really great at talking to people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was more, yeah. more of doing, like, you know, just what is it you need me to do? Okay, I'll be there. What time do I need to be there? Get it done. Mm-hmm. And yes. he was, more, he was better at the talking part. And so, like, he, he would get us into like these different shows and stuff. Like, like, um, I think we end up getting into like the CIAA show with Diddy and uh, Little right. Kim and Fabulous was all there. And I ended up like working the club um, as a photographer. He oh yes, yeah. He ended yeah. up like setting that up, you know what I'm saying? So like, I just rolled around with him in different places, and like, we would go different places and just like meet up with all these different celebrities, and I like, tried to network the best I could, and, and like, they just kind of went from there. And so we, it went from like kind of just around North Carolina, uh, went down to uh, end up going to L.A. You did go to L.A. Went to L.A. Went to L.A. twice actually oh in one month. Went to L.A. twice in like a month. So uh, how so why uh, how did you why did you go back in less than a month? Um, because we're trying to network, set some stuff up. Oh, so up, you met people and then yeah, met people okay, and then yeah. end up like trying to go back and like expand on that. It didn't necessarily pan out. Yeah. Um, yeah. the way that it needed to. Um, uh, like LA. You know, it's L.A. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Take your promoters, man. Yeah, something and like so, that. And um, so, ended up going out to L.A. a couple times. Uh, went down to South by Southwest. Did you go to South by, which I have always wanted to go to South by Southwest. Uh, we went pretty early. We didn't really get to hit the main portion of it, but we went yeah. pretty early. And I ended up, like, uh, inadvertently opening up for Slim Thug. <laughs> Like, I ended up DJing for the oh Slim Thug um, show. How in the world did you do that? Uh, so what what was what was going on there was um, the DJ they had was super whack. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have, like, any current music. Wow, really? Yeah. That's... Like, at all. Um, and so he was, like, the DJ for, like, two or three nights in a row or whatever. And um, the so, like, after the first night, I was like, bro, like, Cause I was still DJing at the time. I was like, and I had my laptop and I'm like, bro, like I'm going to get you right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I bought a bunch of music. I had a like flash drive ended up so you like, ready. yeah, like ended up like transferring a bunch of like the current songs over to his computer so that he could like play some new shit. And so he ended up like, just kind of like dicking around and like, I just ended up taking over for his set. Really? You just like jump in the middle of it or kind of like, it was like the beginning of the night and I just ended up like just finishing it out. Okay. I got this. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, Slim Thug, that's great. You talk yeah. to him? Sometimes? Yeah, I just talked to him a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And uh, took a picture with him. You know what I'm saying? Cool dude, chill dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, that's um, cool. And uh, like that was just a real cool kind of vibe out there in uh, South by in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, Austin. Yeah. I fuck with Austin. Sixth Street. I don't Sixth Street. Not to say, bro. I was gonna <laughs> ask you Sixth Street. I went down there. It was probably 2017, and that street is wild. It as is. Fuck. It's super live, super live. I'm, I want to get crazy, like crazy. I was in the summertime too, so everyone was out there just just out wilding. Yeah, it's super tight. It's a super tight place, super tight joint. And like we're just out there. I uh, ended up going out to um, South Carolina. Is it went, going? Yeah. yeah. Went down to Florida, did some stuff, rolling around there. Uh, went to Mexico, ended up like convincing one of the uh, the DJs at the at <laughs> the, you do at it. The, uh, <laughs> At the resort to let me DJ out there for a little bit. So, I mean, How was that? How was that experience? It was cool. Super cool. It was a little nerve-wracking. Because, uh, like, I mean, it's like I don't know how to use this equipment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just on a completely foreign kind of uh, setup and just kind of, like, trying to make it work. And, like, people were there. People on the dance floor and stuff. So I'm just, like, having to, like, figure it out. Having to build it while I'm flying it. Oh, my God. Um, hey. And like, it was it, it was just like, you know, that was, it, it used to be really bad. Like, I would just get drunk and, like, walk on the stage, like, in different shows and oh stuff. Oh, my like God. That. Like, when I was in Vegas, I walked on the R.O. Grimes set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, definitely wasn't supposed to be there. and just went up just walked up there. And, like, because the thing is, like, I've worked security for shows before. Like, like, like those, most security are just regular people, you know what I'm yeah, saying? They're there for a check. And, like, you can talk to them. Let me go up some, there. some of them are cool, but some of them are not. You know what I'm saying? You just... And sometimes, like, there's just, like, not even any... Like, I was in Atlanta at an A-Track show at this club uh, for this festival I went to. And, like, there was just, like... there were The stairs were just right there, and there was no security. And I just walked on stage. And so, like, I was just, like, chilling on stage, kind of crouched over. Because I was like, yo, I'm about to get kicked off any second. And then, like, I was up there for a minute, and I just kind of stood up. And then, like, then like after, like, 20 or 30 minutes, like, I'm just on stage with A-Track. Just, like, posted. Just chilling. Yeah. No one said a word. Yeah, no one said anything. I guess I just looked like look I like, like you're a part. Yeah. yeah, I just looked like I belong there. And no one said, and like he just like walked. I think I walked across the stage too, <laughs> to the other side of the stage, and like a track just like walked right past me and stuff like that. And it's just like yeah, I, just, I used to just just like walk on stage and so like yeah, what's up? What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Some, Dude, that is wild. So it's like 
it's cool how you make your presence known. You seem very confident, you know, and it's kind of how you have to be in that industry. I mean, you can't really just bullshit. Like, nah, this is who I am. I'm doing this, and this is I'm yeah, taking I what like I want. A lot of times, people can sniff out fake people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real facts. easy, facts. and uh, I definitely could be more confident. I definitely could be more um, assertive. I feel like yeah. it's like that's not who I am as a person. I feel like you know, what I'm saying that comes off as fake, and also doesn't necessarily work out as well for me. Like to to be inauthentic when it comes to just you know being in the industry and stuff like right. that and so it's just like if it was if it's meant to be for me then it'll work out you know what i'm saying i don't yeah. i don't want to try and pretend to be someone i'm not yeah there's no point in doing that yeah yeah i can't i, I can't really see you being fake so you know, <laughs> i can't see that being i mean thing. you know just chilling and this is like a lot of times the, the the bigger opportunities come when i'm like not trying or when mm-hmm. i'm not doing anything actively to try and pursue it There's yeah. a lot of bigger stuff kind of like comes to me so it's, it's a just like thing. just chilling out and just trying to like be ready for whatever yeah. whatever comes putting the work to nothing hours and do your money business and you'll be fine yeah you know what i'm saying hopefully you, you know, know what i'm saying, saying? so I'm, I'm trying to get it together to where we can get get like even bigger things going over this next you know now stuff's kind of opening back up now so absolutely yeah let's jump to present day so obviously you're traveling thing and you still kind of travel around a little bit and all that stuff now Just a but little bit obviously you eventually started galactic uh rhythm galactic rhythm radio so that so when how has that endeavor been a thing um, it was just like it was something I started when I was in college. So that that did happen. It was called that even when you were at UNCG. Yeah, you okay. know, I was at UNCG. It's always it was been called that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like had a dream one night about doing the show, and I woke up the next day and I went and like applied to get that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I was talking to you earlier, like I, it was just me and my my homeboy, and that was my co-host, and I would just take my turntables up there and just do live sets. Yeah, and that started like back when I was in college. Um probably like 2013 or so and then i ended up taking a break from that after i graduated and then got back into it about two years or so ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then i just kind of like started like you know i kind of had some time to travel around a little bit and kind of get some skill about myself and uh just kind of like it, it's is i mean you know i wasn't really that far in the industry but it's like once the higher up you get in the industry the more parasitic you see it is the nature of the industry and that was kind of a little discouraging uh, just kind of like seeing what it kind of really is about and just kind of like it's, it's really hard to break in if you don't really know somebody who actually is doing something in the industry you yes. know what I mean so yeah, it's yeah like, I, almost have to, I almost have to know somebody someone yeah. and it's like super discouraging being on the bottom of the totem pole trying to claw your way up you know and I kind of got a little discouraged I spent a bunch of money traveling around I was broke and so I was just like I'm just gonna like chill out work for a little bit and then I'm just gonna like see if I can get back up at the radio station and just kind of like do the show as like a passion project more so than like you know a stepping stone type thing it was just like something to kind of do to keep my skills sharp and to just kind of like um just for fun you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I really like DJing I really love DJing I really love EDM music and I really love you know being able to DJ EDM music there's not always a lot of options for that in this area to be able to do that in a setting that's not my bedroom so yeah. i was like you know i'm just gonna do the show rock out on air you know it'll, it'll be like some stress reliever i'll kind of just like have something i can do um something recreational to do and it just kind of like kind of grew from that really yeah that's dope man and then obviously at this point you have interviews because was it always like that interview type thing or is it just you just doing well, shows yourself? i um i pretty much set up this iteration of grr and i was just kind of like on the, the assumption where it's like you know if um I can get like a little bit of a platform to like other 
artists, local artists and stuff Love like that. that. Yeah. That'll be like, you know, beneficial for them and me as well. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's it's not going to hurt me at all to give 15 minutes out of a two hour show to like play someone's song and talk to them for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of really grew out of that. I was just like, well, let me just see about if I can find people who want to be on the radio for the show and see if they'll come through and I'll talk to them. And then it just kind of within like a couple months of me doing that, like I end up having like a two chains DJ come through. Yes. And that was out. last year, wasn't it? That was about last year. I was about about right about, about right around this time. Yeah, last year. kind of when COVID was kind of like really kicking off. And I, I remember. Not, I, remember it, I don't even think COVID was even really a thing. Yet. It was like probably like last January. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. It wasn't even a thought at that point. Oh, uh, maybe it was two thousand. That might have been two thousand nineteen. Oh, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he ended up coming through, and I ended up just meeting people and having all these kind of different opportunities, just off of like you know trying to trying trying out a fifteen minute segment every week mm. on my show and it's just kind of like broadened out to like you know full fledged like they're usually hanging there, there the whole entire time yeah usually yeah. they're just in the background they're in the background yeah. hanging out and like people are hitting me up on IG talking like you know like how can I get a spot on the show and different stuff like that and yeah. so I mean like it's still very much just a passion project something I just kind of like doing I don't take it super duper seriously. It's kind of like half work, half play. Yeah, you want to um, keep it. You want to keep keep it loose. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. You keep it fun. Because like, that was one thing I did learn when I was DJing like every week. You know what I'm saying? Like it ended up not being as much fun. It ended up being more of like a regular job. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah, I'm just clocking in now. Like and it was like not, uh, yeah, it's like uh, I got you know like because like. People, because like I mean, you know, people hit me up like, "Yo, there's like this party going on at so and so's house." Like, you come through, it's like, oh, man, I can't, I gotta, I gotta go DJ. You gotta go work. Yeah, I gotta go to work. Yeah, it's like what? Okay, man. And it was just like one of those things. It was like, dang, man, this, this feels like I'm working at McDonald's now. Yeah, because I kind of want to be doing that with my friends and yeah. not doing this. It's kind of weird when passion turns into work, which is obviously people who freelance do this stuff all the time. Like I mentioned, your Diplos, your um, Aokis, and all the people. It's like, man, this. It does seem fun. I am having fun, but it's like, I gotta have to be here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, there's like certain amount of festivals every year. Yeah. They pretty much have to be at a certain amount of festivals a year. To, yeah. Like, not only keep the lights on, but like, you know, as a branding kind of thing. Exactly. Or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's just like, yo, like, I mean, you know, you automatically your New Year's Eve is booked yeah you're 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 booked probably a year in advance yeah yeah automatically july 4th is booked yes you know what i'm saying automatically you know st patrick's day like pretty much any major holiday like you're you're pretty much make sure you're you're gonna have to be somewhere yeah and you know i'm sure that gets like after you do that for five years straight where you have like literally these specific dates where you can't do anything and you can't hang out with your friends and do whatever friends kids you know, and it's, I'm sure it gets old or it gets repetitive after a while, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's part of the life. Part of this is what I chose is I'm making a lot of money. And, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's a trade. I mean, there's always a trade off. Yeah. You do, you know? So. Yeah. So how do you find, how do you try to find, how do you find the balance? Obviously. Well, I'm not, I mean, well, with um, COVID, I mean, there hasn't been really that much going on. Mm-hmm. So there hasn't been, there's been a huge unbal- imbalance of like yeah. a lot of free time. Where I haven't been able to do shows and stuff like that. So, recently it's been pretty easy, because, you know, but now I'm trying to see if I can kind of get things going again. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, it's it's either, I always look at it like, I can either be, like, flipping burgers at McDonald's. Very true. Or I can be DJing clubs and, and doing shows. Very true. 
We think, I, we think like that. It's just like, okay, no, I'd rather be doing a DJ thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. And, um, right now, I'm at a strip club right now. Oh, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's very sort of, like, could be tedious, monotonous work. You know, some people are like, oh, you get to work at a strip club. It's super dope. I'm like, it's okay. I yeah. mean, it's it's... It's like any other job. You have co-workers, you have customers, and you have management. And you have to, like, keep all those people happy. And as a DJ, it's like I have to keep all those people happy simultaneously. Oh, yeah. So it's a little yeah. bit different. And it's just like, you know, I can either be, you know, calling Cinnamon to the stage. Cinnamon. Or I can be calling out burger orders at the back of IHOP. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's, I was, it's it, look it's, it really is an opportunity call kind of thing it's like I could be doing this or I could be doing this if I wasn't doing this I would probably be doing that yeah. you know so and so it's just like you know no one wants to hear a DJ complain yeah I, absolutely <laughs> not that's something I also learned fairly early on in my DJ career no one wants to hear about how bad of a night you had at work yeah as you a were DJ. at a party yeah like I was out here flipping. Like, oh burgers. my god, I was at this party, man, and it was just like so exhausting. Everyone's just like, "Really, bro?" I was lifting packages at UPS, like for eight uh, hours. Eight hours, and, and you have to stand up for four hours <laughs> in front of a DJ turntable with drink service, yes. like, with bottle service You're on that. Drinks. You know what I mean? You're like strippers, and it's just like no, no one. Like I mean, being a like there, there definitely is a downside to being a DJ, but no one was like it's like yo, you're DJ. No one wants to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like a big time movie star complaining about, oh my God, my day was so long. No one wants to hear that. Yeah, ever. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no one wants to ever hear that. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just one of those things. I mean, you kind of talk amongst other DJs. You know what I'm saying? You have your own community of DJs because it's like, you know, like, this fucking customer kept asking for this once. You know what's wild about being a DJ? There's, yeah. there's a lot more spit than you would imagine that is involved. Oh, and like, people just like, Oh, I want this all your ear and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a lot more spit than you would you would imagine. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that's that, that's, uh, that's a fairly constant. You know what I'm saying? Especially as the, the more people drink, you know what I'm saying? They want to hear some dumb song. It's like, oh, I promise this is gonna make everybody in the club dance. Play Sheck West, or just like play the Macarena, or like you know, it's like, it's like stuff that like I know is like whack. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I do this for a job. You know what I'm saying? I'm not playing this. I have a preloaded list. It's not happening. Even if I didn't have a preload list, like I'm still out playing, and so it's just it's it's real interesting. It's real interesting. Like it's 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 a real interesting profession. Now that is crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, and you do it well. You know what I'm saying? I Appreciate know it. it. Everything comes with its up and ups and downs. Even the best jobs in the world comes with their ups and downs. So. Yeah, because it's kind of part of life. Yeah, this is crazy, man. This is so dope. I feel like this 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 round is a little bit more interesting. I think I mean, you know it's it's just a little bit more metered out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was telling my friend Natalie who had to do hers. It's like obviously I've known you. I didn't know her when I interviewed her. Yeah, obviously yeah, we've done this before, so there's always a there's a rapport already. So it's, yeah, just got it's, it's got, got got a little bit better. So this is dope. I mean, it's it's interesting for I feel like as much or as many people who know me, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't sit down and take the time to like actually talk to me That's or why really I do know this. Yeah. anything about who I am as a person. So it's like you know the fact that someone's asking me about my life and my like history is like oh yeah I definitely I'll talk you know yeah. You know, no, one, no one ever asked me about like how I got started and stuff like that. They're always just kind of like, "Oh, yo, it's Carolina, man. Like, what's up? You want a shot?" You know, it's like, I mean, yes, but you but, know, you know, ask me how I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? But it's, it's cool. You know, it's just like I feel like being you kind of have that sort of dynamic 
with a community where people kind of see us like it's almost untouchable. Yeah, I've got bit. I've heard that recently actually. Not the other day I was just like, who told you that? And my <laughs> friends, I was like, I am not untouchable. You know, what I'm I mean? just like, chilling. Yeah, like it's. I think people kind of have this perception like we're in this class of our own, and like you can't come up and talk to us, or like we're not regular people, which is really interesting because like I don't even look at myself like that. You not know what I mean? All. And so it's like the way people interact with me sometimes is so strange. Yeah. Stand, it's kind of like stand offish, but they want to be in it. It's, it's very odd. It is very odd. I feel like I'm a, a, a celebrity of some sort. It's like, I'm... I mean, you are deep white. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Artist, up. photographer, extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> and so it's like, You've been like published. You've been like in, in the papers and stuff like. You've that. been in papers too. When? Show me the papers. I ain't seen them. DJ Carolina doing this event. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, oh, I feel like such a regular person, and like people, it's really interesting how people interact with me or their perception of me. It's like, yo, bro, like I'm just this kid from High Point. Like just, trying to make a dollar, yeah. like in the, in the in the most basic terms. Like, yo, like. I found out a long time ago that, like, working a regular nine-to-five or, like, most people working jobs aren't happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want mm. to be able to eat and keep my lights on and be happy while I'm doing it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I know you have, and you are into just so many different things. I heard, I don't know so you, where your jobs are because no one's business, but I know you are doing different things right now to make that happen. Trying to, You know what I'm man. saying? Like, yeah, cause I know, know you have um, done a lot of things. Things. things yeah. And, like, it's... I feel like I should. They, I wish they were a little bit more cohesive things. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's like one of those drawings that people make by just poking dots on yeah. a piece of paper. That's that's kind of like what my life of career is. Like I'm just poking dots at this life thing, and hopefully, like a picture will kind of form. emerge a form out of it. Yeah. So it's a perfect segue. We can kind of end it on this note too. So what, what what do you see yourself being happy in the future doing? What would be your perfect? Not ending, but your perfect job that you'll be doing. Man, to... I want to throw a rave in space. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel yeah. like that's that's fairly achievable at this point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? At least yeah. not in space, like maybe the upper atmosphere. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah. maybe like taking off in shuttles and, and throwing like space raves. Yeah, I'm with that. So a space rave. <laughs> space I'm with rave. That. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I feel like that's like doable. Like technology's almost there. Let's go. <laughs> you feel me? Zero G rave. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this has been so good. I, I want you. I want that to happen. You I want it to happen too. Like even if I don't get Shoot. paid, I feel like that'd just be kind of cool. Like going up in like a shuttle, and there's like dropping tracks while people float in space. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of strapped into a table and like. You know like, what I'm do, saying? Do, 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 do. And Dude, like, I love that. Come back in, then back in the atmosphere, and like you know, what I'm saying like, all right, guys, thanks for coming by. And, and these people go float back down to earth. Yeah, and we go back down to earth, and then we we'll go back up again and do another rave, like with another twenty or thirty people. I love that. And in the next twenty, thirty years, we'll have DJ Carolina space raves. I'm with it. Cool. You heard it here first. We're here, Daniel White Show, man. Let's go. All right, before we be, before we bounce, I need you to drop all the info. Obviously, Galactic uh, Rhythm Radio is on Mondays, Monday nine, nights, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. 11 on, on WUAG one yes. three point one FM. Um, you can also stream that online. Just search for uh, WUAG. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a live stream, and then also we're doing Twitch. If you search uh, Galactic Rhythm Radio, mm-hmm. I try to make that simple, but apparently that's kind of complicated for people to remember. Is it? I'll link it. I'll, I'll have a direct link in the bio. But uh, Galactic Rhythm Radio, 
Mm-hmm. Um, my IG is DJ Carolina with a K mm-hmm. music. And yes. You don't have to actually actually say the whole Carolina with a K. It's just DJ the word Carolina with up. a K up front mm-hmm. um, music. And I think that's also my Twitter. And um, you can Mixcloud. find all the older uh, stuff on Mixcloud yes. um, as uh, DJ Carolina with a K. Absolutely. And you can find like the back catalog, uh, Galactic Rhythm Radio shows, guests, different things like that. And they're amazing. Um, I've been honored to be on that show, you know, which is very dope. D White. Yes, I felt like my music was kind of out of place, but not you know, really. It was just very. That was super tight. We got to do yeah. the uh, Curious Curators with you. Everybody. Oh yes, uh, that's doing, right. We were doing spaces and we did a uh, uh, C Funk. C Funk. Yes. It was something that it was something y'all y'all put me on too, and something was it something surf something surf maybe surf no maybe, maybe it was just C funk maybe it was just yeah, C funk yeah, okay. uh, yeah. it was something else it was two things I remember y'all yeah. playing with me I was like dude this is freaking dope yeah amazing okay yes I like that yes. C funk yes, yes absolutely like, that was I was like yo this is Christian put me on to that and I was like yo you're you'll be the perfect. You, I think you were the first time we did Curious Curators too. And I we, loved we it. We were up in there like jamming. So we that were was dancing super around. Yeah. I love that. Shout out to Chris, by the way, man. Chris is phenomenal human. See money. I love here. that y'all do that together. He's a ball of positivity. I love seeing that dude. So I got, got to shout out to him uh, you know, during this interview. Shout out to see money for sure. But if some people want to be on a guest on the show, can they hit you up? Yeah, you can just holler at me. You send me a DM on okay. IG is pretty much how I, I uh, find most of the guests. Really. Okay. Cool. I will drop all the info below. Um, in the um, description of where we listen to the podcast, Spotify, um, Apple Music, whatever you're doing. Um, but then, I mean, we're good to go, man. Yeah, you, know, man. You, need to, you need to get to the studio. Yeah, I got to get to the studio. We got very important guests coming through. Yes, and hopefully it'll you uh, do. lead to some, some things in the future. I'm with we'll, that. We'll see what happens. I'm but, yo, that. shout out D-White for having me on, man. Again. I've been uh, wanting to be on this podcast for years now. Yes, you have. <laughs> you have been. I'm glad we probably made it happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm honored you're here. Always honored to be in your presence. And I'm going to see you on the streets, man. All right, man. Carolina in the streets. Carolina in the streets. All right, bro. Later. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crisscross. Rising. Told Shawty she can come over, come and jump in the back of the Rover, feeling good like a full leaf clover, so hot like she made by Stofus, anyway all day we can play and I heard you rap that tray, my beats like Dre nigga, you gay if you think right. This mess with that gate only them girls with that fat ass and I'm ripping this beat. How long does it last? Cause it hit it real slow, then it hit it real fast on the back of the bus, nigga. Outcast, my flow's everlasting. Your girl in my whip and we zoom right past, kiss, kiss my ass. Hey, polo sheets, polo jaws, come and take this polo wall.
to the waterfall All over my cheeks Cause you know you're my little freak That is home, that is home Give it to you, it's wrong You ain't even got to speak What's the little mama let me give you game proper My name is Mr. Carolina, a.k.a. your showstopper A.k.a. your new liquor, your one with your Justin Bieber Marvin Gaye sexual healer, a.k.a. the truth nigga Excuse me little mommy, but you are a little cutie And I really like your booty, could you do me a favor? I wanna wake up next to you, you can be my neighbor You can be my flavor of the month Chocolate and double stuff, give me all that gushy stuff Never get enough, never get enough Don't stop, all up in them guts In them guts, and it's so hot Heat it up, like a stove top Make your body pop, pop, lock and drop Girl, I rock your world, planet rock With the soul, sonic force That'll make you lose your voice So you have no choice for the record First to fight, I'll rep it So you can't disrespect it If you can't respect the grind At least respect the effort First in flight